Welcome to the Economic Development Matters podcast. I'm Brianna Morris, and together with my co-host Sherry Baslama, we talk about matters related to economic development and why it matters. Sherry and I work together at Edmonton Global, where we focus on attracting investment into the Edmonton region and helping our local companies expand internationally. On this podcast, we discuss how we can compete globally and build a sustainable and prosperous economy to enhance the lives of the people in our communities. Today, we have two guests with us in studio. Steve Martins is co-leading the development of a new program here in Alberta that is aimed at helping local businesses capitalize on the hydrogen opportunity. We also have Pete Fenwick, who is the Director of Scale-Up and Growth Programming at Mount Royal University. So the Hydrogen Innovation Accelerator is a program that has been developed as part of a partnership between Mount Royal University's Institute for Innovation and Entrepreneurship and Edmonton Global. It's made possible by support from Prairie's Economic Development Canada. Um, we're really excited to dive into the conversation. Steve and Pete, thanks for being here. Absolute pleasure. Yeah, thank you very much for having us. It's, great, it's a great privilege. All right, so maybe we'll start with you, Pete. Can you tell us a bit about yourself, your role at Mount Royal, and your background? Yeah, thanks. Um, my role is just a fantastic place to be um, as a university. And as I've shared recently, we're, we're not just a Calgary university, we're an Alberta university, which is great to have so many partnerships with, with the likes of Edmonton Global. Um, within the Institute for Innovation and Entrepreneurship, we have um, part of the programming that focuses really on students and, and bringing students forward, giving them learning experiences within small, medium-sized businesses. And then the other side of the programming is the programming that I lead around uh, collaborating directly with those commercial enterprises. So owners, operators, CEOs of businesses that are anywhere from two to a hundred million plus in, in annual revenue, but who are looking for opportunities to change their world, change the game. And my role within that is leading these two programs around scale up and growth. Uh, one is a flagship program we call Growth Catalyst. It's also funded by Prairies Canada with support from Alberta Innovates and TD Ready Commit fund um, that looks at spurring on new uh, growth within these SMEs. It's a scale-up gap that we might want to talk about later. Um, but what we're talking about today is, is the Hydrogen Innovation Accelerator Program, um, which we're really excited to recruit companies for, but both in the Edmonton region and more broadly across Alberta. Awesome. And I think that's a really good segue to Steve, because you're the one, you're co-leading the development of this program. Steve, can you give us a bit of a sense of your role and your background? Yeah, thank you. Um, I spent mo a lot of my career on the product or the technology development side. And the last number of years have kind of moved from that into the other spaces, you know, the market um, government relations, all that kind of stuff where products need to move towards. And really my my role within or my my leadership or the, the help I'm having with the Hydrogen Innovation Accelerator is working collaboratively, collaboratively with uh, Heather Herring. Uh, her and I co-lead the delivery of the program. Um, and a shout out to Heather because her you know, her experience with uh, Total and other companies, She's she uh, brings a great suite of tools to and capabilities to the Hydrogen Innovation Accelerator. Uh, and um, I'm going to be there and try not to look like the weak partner. So <laughs> so how was the program conceived? Who, like, where where did it come from and why why was it created? Yeah, so thanks, Stephen. Stephen's given Heather a great deal of credit because uh, he'll, he'll rely on her for the delivery of the program on a go-forward. Um, I'll give the same shout-out to Dr. Simon Raby, uh, who's been at MRU for um, not quite a decade. 
um, but brought a lot of great learning from his experience in the UK and through the Institute started innovation accelerators pre-pandemic. Um, so it was the sort of kernel of activity uh, based on his research in helping small to medium-sized businesses find ways to untap talent and to untap uh, or take advantage of new opportunities in the marketplace where these innovation accelerators started. So we ran uh, two or three of them and then started a pivot into looking at dual fuel. Uh, one was a hydrogen diesel dual fuel innovation accelerator, again, pre-pandemic, uh, and then uh, contracted, uh, he was contracted to do one that was locomotive specific. Um, so that's really where it started. Steve, do you have anything to add on that? Yeah, actually, I I do. I went through, uh, I was working with another organization or company, a manufacturing company, and we went through the very first innovation accelerator that MRU and Dr. Raby um, delivered. And that's where I started developing a relationship with Mount Royal as well. So, so you have a... Mount Royal has a lot of experience, I guess, then delivering this sort of programming. Um, why did you think that you needed to do one specifically on hydrogen? Like, what, where do you see the opportunity there? Well, the gap there is, it's an interesting one because we are, you know, incented by the government, of course, to try to help an energy transition. You know, we need to lower greenhouse gas emissions. Uh, but also what's happened is large industry, you know, large um, natural gas companies, power providers, whatever, are also throwing their weight towards hydrogen um, uh, projects. And the Hydrogen Innovation Accelerator, HIA, I'll lovingly call it, is there to help support those gaps. Those, those, there's, as we're making this, you know, we've never seen a trend, energy transition like this in our lifetimes. You know, we've gone, you know, we've been using natural gas and gasoline and diesel for generations um, but at one time, somebody built all that infrastructure. And if we're going to meet 2030 or 2050 uh, GHG reduction or elimination um, targets, we need to figure out how to accelerate those, those activities, large and small. And um, that's why, you know, we've been funded and we're, we've been encouraged to approach this. Awesome. So can you give um, listeners some examples of the type of companies that would be good candidates for this program? Um, like, um, and is, uh, can they still apply? Like it's, it's, it's still an open program. Can you kind of walk us through? Um, yeah. The, yeah. How to be eligible or, or and who you're looking for. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a great question. Um, and when we were working through the team from Edmonton global on, on the target audience, uh, we had a lot of things to consider. Um, first of all, is if you're a new startup, uh, or you have an idea, you're coming out of a research-based uh, background, or you're you know, a, an entrepreneur with a great idea and you want to try and raise some funding around doing that, there's a lot of companies that are starting, excuse me, starting to emerge that are already in hydrogen. Um, one of the things that we're trying to be very uh, specific and very focused on is actually working with existing enterprises, not startups. Right. Um, this ecosystem has has seen a tremendous amount of investment both privately and publicly over the last decade mm -hmm. in ways and means of fostering startups in non-oil and gas and even in oil and gas technology development and services. Um, there are a ton of resources out there. We did not want to compete directly with them. What we are recognizing as a gap in the supports uh, within the ecosystem 
is for businesses that are anywhere from, from two to 200 million, they probably don't have a strategy team. They probably don't have corporate planning um, as a function that's a well-exercised discipline within the organization. And they may or may not be considering ways and means of, of extending their business, their current business, uh, to grow in new and new paths. So we're looking for ambitious owners and operators and executive teams because it's a team-based program. Uh, we'll run five of these to answer your question more specifically. We'll run four or five of these uh, cohort-based programs between now and the end of summer 2024. Probably six to 10 companies of anywhere from two to four people per. And what we're working through now, and I'll let Steve you know, speak a bit about how this thought process has emerged as we, as we test the market, is whether these companies are from multiple aspects and multiple multiple spaces and in a in a sort of non-industry specific kind of way is it a supply chain oriented uh, approach or do we have perhaps semi-private or private cohorts where they're sponsored uh and steven's been pursuing some of that in a business development capacity so i won't steal his thunder <laughs> yeah, i'm interested to hear more about that so you're really targeting established businesses that are busy working the business and don't necessarily have time to work on the business. They're not doing that long-term thinking, Exactly. seeing this emerging opportunity and being able to fully capitalize on it, I, I guess, right? Are there, are you looking, like, is it manufacturing companies? Is like, give me a sense of the type, like the sectors that these companies are operating in as well. Yeah, thank you for that. Um, I think where the diversity is actually going to be quite huge. Um the, I guess, really, what I'm looking at, and, and is there is so many companies with great strengths in this market, um, and and I've been in a really uh, privileged position that I've been able to have different roles where I'm talking to a lot of companies, whether it's been human resources, material testing, software, instrumentation, uh, and like you said, manufacturing is an easy one to to highlight. Um, there's companies that are that are renowned for the and they've invested a lot of sweat and, and, and money into de- developing these strengths that then could be imported into a hydrogen space. So I think one a, a perfect example is DTI, you know, Diesel Tech. They they have a lot of expertise and domain knowledge on diesel engines. So when they went through the dual fuel uh, innovation accelerator. They were able to realize, you know, they realized, oh, my goodness, because we know not only the engine itself, we know some of the data and the, and the control systems around it, it was easy for them to go, oh, if we add this one component, this one piece, we are now in a new market. And that, that has worked out successfully for them. And, of course, a, a shout out to the Growth Catalyst program because now they're in the second program of, of Mount Royal University and doing well with it. The so that, does that answer the question, Sherry, or were you looking for something a bit more? Yeah, no, I, I think it gives us a good sense of what you're looking for. It sounds like it's pretty broad, though, that there's a lot of different businesses that could benefit from it. Peter, it looks like you have something to add. Yeah, I think um, you know, the, the diesel tech example is a great example of of a business that had a going concern in the services space, but then we're, we're going through their own customer discovery process and started understanding and listening to those customers like Diversified Trucking who'd said, we have our own impact targets. We have our own um, desires to reduce you know, greenhouse gas emissions as a, as a business. And so as a supplier of a different service running a bus line, of course, they're, they're a subsidiary of the same company that owns Red Arrow. 
and they're looking at as people movers, they're, they're looking at ways and means of managing not just, you know, uh, decreased emissions with um, idling, but, but it also looks at lowering maintenance costs. So they, they started with an idea. They went through the initial innovation accelerator program, you know, two and a half years later, it came back to us and said, great, we've got a, we've got a multi-million dollar business. We want a 10 exit, like meaning 10 times the size of that, but <clears throat> we're a bunch of service technicians and we're learning how to grow a business and it's a family business. So how do you do that? And I wanted to pick up on a piece that Peter teed up for me, and I didn't. Um, the supply chain piece of this, as I've been, as we've been speaking to dozens and dozens of companies, what we realize is, um, you know, and there's a bit of hesitancy in the market. The market is saying, oh, where are we going with hydrogen? Is it going to be real? You know, there's a lot of questions. Right. As we've spoken to uh, companies that will be producing hydrogen and companies that want to consume hydrogen, and then companies in the middle that want to either transport it or, or be equipment suppliers, what we're realizing is that they need a forum to actually collaborate and speak to each other in a manner that can help them all get on the same page. So here we are, we're in a province with an amazing amount of strengths in all of those, and we can actually consume a lot of hydrogen in our equipment and, and processes. How do we put all the pieces of the puzzle together in a space, in a, in, a, in a timely manner, and in the right manner, for these organizations to speak the same language? And that's where, you know, we, you know, as product people that, that believe in, we always have to be teaching innovation and teaching companies to, to be thinking differently about their, 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 their businesses and their products. We had to look at each other and go, okay, well, what is it about our product that we need to innovate on? To, to help the to help the market and and fulfill our mandate. So that's so we're looking at this thing as a uh, you know the supply chain innovation as as a really key piece to help facilitate the hydrogen movement. Yeah, maybe I just complement that by by saying um, much as Stephen and I have an engineering background and a business background, we're not experts in hydrogen. Right. We're not supposed to be the experts in hydrogen. We're the experts in how do you bring an innovation process into an organization that may not have that discipline and help them exercise that in an evidence-based way so that they can make different decisions, better decisions to drive growth. Right. So can you walk us through then how that process works? So you're helping companies do this. What does that look like? Is it, um, you know, um, consultants having, and, and you, like you're a consultant and you have meetings with them or is it, you know, you're going you have somebody there full time helping them for a set period of time. Like, what is what is the process to help companies think this way and and and, and plan? Yeah, this is a um, a cohort based. Think of it in a, as a, a series of workshops. So, um, Dr. Raby and his team have put together a you know the Innovation Accelerator Program, the Growth Catalyst Program, where the cohorts, as as uh, Peter mentioned earlier six to 10 companies in a room together. Um, and the content, it's very much a classroom uh, workshop space. And the, the, the um, curriculum is designed to help companies start to get on the same page of what is innovation language and also what is um, problem and product validation language. I think the... Um, you know, in some ways, we should actually be talking about the HIA as a as a problem 
product or a, or a gap validation or a product validation uh, program as much as it is about a innovation program. Because what we are doing is we're curating the conversation so they can move through a series of steps to get to a spot where they go, oh, okay, now we have something that we can progress with. And, or we, something we can go to the board with for funding, or we can have a hard conversation of do we, you know, what kind of resources do we put behind this potential? It makes me curious about like what you're hearing when you're talking to companies. Like, is there a bit, it almost sounds like there's maybe a bit of a mindset challenge even that you have to address in terms of like, is innovation for me? Is this something that I need to incorporate in my business? I'd say human, humans are designed to do a number of things, right? And um, largely, and we, we talk about this different parts of leadership development within both programs, Um Humans are largely designed uh, to protect, and that's sort of the risk aversion and general awareness that emerged from, you know, gosh, that's a saber-toothed tiger. You know, <laughs> like, like, share it for cover. Um, and, and sometimes that Is happens. Is hydrogen when, that saber-toothed tiger? In this well, I'm not necessarily making that analogy, but it's, yeah. it's, it's, the, it's the finding finding new fields, finding new, new, new pastures, finding new ways to keep the family safe and and to also grow and, and flourish in whatever that means and whatever era that you're in. And so there's a bit of a values-based component to this for sure. But but we are designed as humans to, to avoid, uh, be mindful of and avoid risk. And what that does when you're running a business is it creates um, you know, people in, in this kind of firefighting mode uh, where you, you're, you're getting really used to and almost get a, a habitual addiction towards fighting fires. And one of the first things we do in, the, in this program, because think of it as like four, four separate workshops, four full day workshops taking place over approximately 90 days. And the very first thing we take people through is, is distinguishing and inviting them into this position of um, a more open mind where it's less about reaction and it's more strategic, where strategic is in the context of, of that innovator's mindset. So really the first day, Sherry, is, is how, how to uh, get people to recognize uh, what it means to be uh, more open to opportunities that they perhaps didn't see before. They, they looked at through a risk-adverse lens as opposed to an opportunity for, for new growth. Um, everything that follows from that uh, is we create the safe space for this transformative learning experience to take these people and these companies into areas of, you know, what's the problem? Am I validating the problem? Can I actually do something about it? Is there a competitive marketplace or am I being a market leader in that? And I'm, am I okay with that? Is my team okay with that? Is it playing off of an adjacency that we already have as a skill or strength within that business where we can create a competitive advantage by being perhaps a first or second mover? Then you move into solution generation. What are the, what are the specific things that you can converge towards as a product or service. And then finally, as Stephen is saying, you know, what does a good product testing client discovery look like? We, at the end of this program, it's not that they're going to commit to creating a new business line, but they'll have a much better, more clear understanding of what, you know, steps they might take. That's great. So I understand innovation or like accelerators much better now. So thank you for this conversation. So how do, how do companies, if they want to apply, where, what, how do they do that? Go to the website innovation uh, accelerator.ca um, we are always obviously we're taking constantly uh, recruiting so Steve and I are constantly in recruiting mode that's why we're we're at adventures here in Calgary this week uh, waving the flag as it were 
um, but always interested in, in looking for that. Um, so innovationaccelerator.ca, when you when you click onto that, you can browse through the program, get a better sense of who we are, what we're doing, um, and then apply right there online. Um, one thing that we should speak to a little bit is where some of the interests are coming up around um, either geographically specific cohorts or uh, corporate um, larger players who are interested in the sort of supply chain of a this idea of a semi-private cohort. And Steve might want to speak to that. Yeah, the uh, as as we alluded to already, the large organizations that have and and some of them are publicly committed projects that they are wanting that you know they're looking at, and I think we're going to hit the go button on a couple of them very soon at forming their, you know, it'll be determined by each company, whether it's a private cohort or a semi-private cohort. Um, but the three companies that I'm working with right this moment is interesting because one is on the demand side. They need to build um, stuff to make it work so they can produce or consume hydrogen. One is actually on the hydrogen production side, trying to figure out how to get their hydrogen to market. And the third one is a logistics company that is in the middle of a producer and a customer trying to figure out how to form all the pieces they need to, to make their little ecosystem work. So. so so just based on the conversation yet earlier about these folks not talking to each other, I'd assume you see a lot of value in bringing those three into the same room and connecting them and kind of having those conversations. Yeah, yeah, and and we're getting to that point. Sure, you're exactly right. Um, I, I, you know, I kind of feel like, um, you know, we're have a hydrogen version of Tinder. Like we're. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> New marketing campaign. <laughs> oh my gosh. I don't know if that's good for, for public consumption, but that's <laughs> swipe right or swipe left. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned earlier, um, so you're not looking at scale ups. You're looking for companies, I think you said between 2 million and 100 million in revenue. I, I might have those numbers wrong. Can you just walk through kind of what those parameters are? Like who, like describe that sort of ideal candidate? Like what are the resources that they need to be able to complete the program and be s successful? Yeah, we use two characteristics, Sherry. Um, one is ambition, and the other is humility, and and they're they're important for for different reasons. Um, certainly, if you want to look at growing a new P and L and taking on new risk and that kind of corporate entrepreneurial mindset, you you need to be ambitious. So if you're if you're complacent, if you're happy with the way things are in the business, you're comfortable with you know growing at the consumer price index level, you know. You're, you know, you're, you're maybe even struggling to do that on a year-over-year -year basis because of the market that you're in. You're probably not going to have time to lift your head up and look at new opportunities because a program like this, it always requires time, talent, and a little bit of treasury. So there's a copay involved with this. We do have government subsidies to run the program, but there's a modest copay uh, to ask you know people to, to participate. And skin in the game is always important, but there's also an opportunity cost because taking you know four days plus the pre-work plus the post-work out of your day-to-day -day, um, activity uh, is an opportunity cost that some some companies, you know, if they're smaller companies, they're not going to be able to afford the opportunity cost of participation. So, um, I think there's a there's probably a revenue threshold. We don't know whether it's a two million revenue or five million revenue, but there has to be a team where they can safely remove themselves from operations to participate. 
Um, ambition is a characteristic and, and size at the lower end. Now, you can be ambitious, but I may not be able to have the time and effort to put into that. So that's one thing. Humility is there for a different set of reasons. You could be a $100 million company and be super humble, meaning you're grateful and you, you contribute and you recognize your success is not just because of you, but because of those surrounding you. And you're willing to put yourself into those collaborative environments uh, with, with, without ego. And that's critical in a, in a learning program like this. That's really cool. Um, so you do have some interesting, I've heard for sure of at least one event that you have coming up, um, to promote the program. Can you talk us through that event? I think hydrogen hack really love the marketing you guys are doing. I'm just going to say that from a perspective. (laughs) Not bad for a couple of engineers. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So and, and and really, this is a, a response to the market. I what I'm finding is that there, even though there's a bit of hesitancy, as 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 Peter laid out very succinctly, there are individuals that are I'll use the phrase fired up about what hydrogen could be in society and in their company and whatever else. And um, unfortunately, there's the you know so they're the fire. And they go back to their organization and they, you know, they get a little bit of cold water, right? So what I thought was, well, let's, let's radicalize some of these people a little bit and let's help them learn more about hydrogen and let's give them some of the tools that they need to either in their own organization or maybe it's, you know, whatever, maybe it's just, who who knows where the, the yeast will take somebody as we plant it, right? And the um, so we're going to educate people. I've got two really well-spoken industry people coming to the hydrogen hack. Uh, Mark Lee Wilson is one of the he boil even though he's an engineer and worked as an engineer in industry for several years. He is one of the best-spoken people to break hydrogen down into his essential elements. If I use the word element, um, very succinctly. And then David from the Hydrogen Hub is also have some space to, to talk as well. Um, and then after that, we're going to let people get a coffee and a donut. And we, you know, Heather and I are going to walk them through a couple of exercises. We've got a couple of things that we've, we uh, are taking from the Mount Royal content. We've tweaked them a little bit just to scare Peter. Um, but we've tweaked them a little bit to make them a little bit fun. And we essentially, we want people to understand that in their organization, they have strengths and they have innovated to actually get to those strengths. And there may only be a one or two small innovation pieces that they're missing to move their strength into another, into a new way. Right. So we're going to, we're going to work on that. So yeah, we're going to have a hydrogen hack really what two to five in the afternoon. We're going to go downstairs and have a beverage afterwards um, it'll be good networking and it'll be really, you know, I'm hoping to have some of the key government people there so they can have hands on uh, with industry. Um, but it's uh, it's there so people come from industry can learn and play a little bit as and 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 um, and well, I want to get them excited. So they take the whole program. So. Sounds great. So it's two to five. Can you just let listeners know what day it is and where this event is taking place? Yeah, it's June 21st. Um, in Edmonton, uh, at the Ritchie market. So on, um, 76th Avenue and about 96th street. 
The event is listed on Eventbrite. Just search for Hydrogen Hack, and you'll you'll come there. And uh, with uh, with a small fee just to cover our internal costs, and uh, show up and and I'm already getting some really interesting companies sign up um, from software to manufacturing to whoever else. So, yes, Peter. I think it's probably safe to say that that all four of us at some point in time have been described as as agitators because we uh, we we don't get to this place of of promoting and driving innovators' mindset without doing so within the businesses that we run or that we're that we're part of. So I think radicalized may be a bit much. Uh- <laughs> uh, you, you, you've heard Edmonton Global's purpose statement. Our purpose is to radically transform and grow the economy of the Edmonton well, then, metropolitan then maybe region. Both, so both I words think we're are all in. welcome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, we'll put, um, we'll put the Eventbrite link uh, as well as the uh, Innovation Accelerators website in our show notes for the podcast. So if listeners, yeah, just, just go there to check them out. And uh, awesome. thank you both so much for your time this morning. Yeah, thanks so much. Pleasure. Take care. Thank you. Yeah, thanks very much, Sherry and Brianna. That's a wrap for today. Thank you for tuning in to the Economic Development Matters podcast brought to you by Edmonton Global. For more information about Edmonton Global or to get in touch, visit our website, edmontonglobal.ca. Follow us on social media, on Twitter, LinkedIn, or Facebook. And don't forget to follow us on your favorite podcast platform so you'll be among the first to know when a new episode drops. Thanks for listening. We hope you learned something new about why economic development matters.